Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. Whoa, look at us. We made it to step four of year planning. This is going to be one of the best ones because this is the step where you are going to feel super accomplished. Now, I don't know if you're just listening to this or if you've actually started the process and are kind of like following along while you work through each step, but either way, you have reached the scheduling phase. This is exciting because now is the time that you will actually start seeing your year plan take form before your very eyes. So just as a little recap, this is step four. So step one, way back to the beginning of this little year planning series, was to set up your calendar and therefore your framework for your year plan. We're going to be revisiting this framework with today's step. So even though we haven't touched it since step one, it's going to be important for this step that you already have finished step one before you do step four. If you skip step one to do the fun stuff, (laughs) steps two and three, then you're going to want to backtrack and do step one before today's step. And to recap, we have all kinds of dates already on our calendar at this point. We have meeting dates, school schedules, troop leaders, family and work schedules, holidays, magnet, cookies, and so on. So if you don't already have a calendar with all those dates on it, you're going to want to go back and find the step one episode of the deep dive into your planning. Now, step two was brainstorming. So that was when we came up with a zillion and two ideas of big fun for the new year. All the badges the girls could earn and cool activities we can do, places to go and people to meet and talk to. So for more information about what kinds of activities to brainstorm, where to look to come up with those ideas, and how to keep all those ideas organized and productive, check out step two episode if you haven't already. Step three was research. So we filled in all the gaps and we hopefully delegated to co-leaders and involved and invested parents. This might have been an open call to other parents, uh, grandparents, step-parents, etc. Like, hey, who wants to be involved in the planning? And then inviting them to your brainstorming recap meeting. That's familiar, hopefully. And then delegating at that meeting. Or this might be like inviting hand-picked parents that you already know you work with very well and you really like spending time with and you're trying to kind of like groom them or fall and tell them to step up into more troop leadership or, I don't know, maybe you did it all on your own and you just don't really have much help. That's pretty common. Um, so any of the above scenarios. But this step, is where you really asked a lot of the questions and then took copious notes on the answers about costs of things, seasons, time of day, what day of the week, etc. for all the different activities and field trips that you were interested in doing from your brainstorming step. And now we're on step four, where we actually start scheduling things. Now, before I get too far, I just kind of want to reiterate why do a year plan? So I'm going into my fourth year as a troop leader, and I've been involved with Girl Scouts pretty much since kindergarten. So I've done it all the way. I've rolled with the punches and just let things go however they go. I've planned last minute under pressure, which 
to be honest, I'm actually really good under pressure. But that is really hard to do for a volunteer position on top of everything else you already do with your life, work, school, managing your home, friends, family, relationships, and all your other commitments, especially long-term, like, we're talking about potentially 13-plus years um, commitment. And it's also particularly hard to do that work last-minute working under pressure when you're trying to work with other people. So if you're working under pressure and planning as you go, then chances are you're probably doing a lot of that yourself. My first year as an official troop leader, my co-leader and I were famous for saying, like, so, hey, what do we do? And another person would be like, uh, good question. I'll come up with something just a few days before the meeting. Sometimes even the day before, it would be like, oh, gosh, we have a meeting tomorrow, and I meant to plan some more science experiments since they loved it so much last time, but to be honest, I haven't even looked. So if I plan it out and send you a supply list tonight, can you pick stuff up tomorrow on your way to the meeting? And that was just, like, my version of delegation at the time, right? And it was fine. I mean, the girls had a really good time, and we had 100% retention, so meaning every single girl came back the second year. So obviously we did well. It worked. We had it, and we had a really good time too. But honestly, it was overwhelming, and it's just not sustainable. Like the idea of doing that for 13 years, if we had retention from kindergarten daisies all the way through bridging from ambassador to adult, I mean, that is really daunting. So we started doing more and more planning in advance, and by now, I honestly feel like we are expert level pros at this. You definitely don't have to do things our way. If you have already found ways that work for you, or if you want to do it on your own, or create your own spin-off version of this, have at it. There's honestly no wrong way to do Girl Scouts, as long as you're, you know, obviously safe and, like, abiding by the laws and safety restrictions for working with kids. But assuming you're doing that, there is no wrong way to do Girl Scouts. So you can do it however you want. I'm simply sharing our methods because it has helped us so much and we feel so good about it because it helps with, like, lessening the burden of planning throughout the year. And it makes it so easy when someone needs to step in because somebody else got sick or had a family emergency or something like that. And it helps with attendance because we can give families so much advance notice about scheduling and events so they can put stuff on their calendars, too. And here's a good one for you. It helps with managing our troop budget and finances, or even having a budget to begin with. And that, in turn, really helps with our end-of-year financial paperwork. Like, Sarah Breeze. I think last year I did our troop financials in literally less than 20 minutes. This year, I will actually time it, so I can tell you. But anyway, all this comes just from planning ahead. Okay, so let's get on with it. Step four, if you have a committee that you're working with, like you and a co-leader or multiple co-leaders or parents or some mix of all of the above, then you're going to want to meet up again and go through all the information that you've researched. Now, this year, one of my co-leaders and I are actually making plans to take, like, this step forward and have, like, a whole planning weekend at a hotel. And we might even reward ourselves with massages afterward. So we're going to do, like, a little weekend adults-only retreat to do, like, step four on in this process. But it's really going to depend on budget because this would obviously be personally funded, definitely not troop funded. Um, I mean, I'm not about to tell you 
how to use your own group funds, so whatever. For us, this is something we would spend out of pocket. <laughs> Not group funds. But anyway, that makes it even more fun instead of being overwhelming and frustrating to, like, have that planning weekend retreat to look forward to. So if you have multiple people and you're meeting back up, you're going to review the research together. So this is going to be the start of step four. Now, if you're working on it alone, you can skip this because you obviously were personally the one who did the research. But basically, you're going to review the information together and see what everybody is excited about, what stuff got mixed. Maybe you can't find a location or there is only one location and they said no, or maybe it's like astronomically expensive and even if you subsidize out of pocket, it would just not be affordable for your troop and so on. So go through and decide what stuff is not feasible and also go through and decide what is most definitely on like Donkey Kong. And you are definitely going to make it work and everybody is super pumped. And then there's probably going to be some stuff that you're divided on if you have multiple people. And that will warrant some discussion. Like, last year when we did this process, there were things that we were like, hmm, this seems expensive, but so fun. The girls specifically want to do this, so how do we make this work? And we ended up kind of creating some quick, big numbers where if we asked families to pay, like, X dollars, then that would make it way more budget-friendly for the troop, and that event fee still seemed like a reasonable amount to ask parents to pay in order for girls to participate. So that was one such way we took an idea that didn't initially feel super feasible or we didn't feel super confident about, but it really sounded fun, and we wanted to find a way to make it happen. That's an example of how we did that. Next, you want to go through all the non-meeting-related items. Non-meeting-related items. So any activities or events or field trips or travel opportunities, anything that you would do outside of your normal meeting time. So look at those items and see which of them are date-specific. Like, some of them might be specific to fall or to spring or to winter, and some of them might be specific to a certain month or even more specific, like this activity or whatever is Christmas-themed, so we definitely want to do it within a certain two-week period of December. Um, of course, side note, I'm not trying to be exclusive. Only plan something Christmas-themed if every girl in your troop most definitely celebrates and recognizes Christmas. If you aren't sure, or if you're adding girls that you don't already know, or whatever, between now and then, then just try to make sure everything's inclusive. But, okay, you get the point. So, in our troop, we personally shoot for one to two events or activities per month outside of meetings. Now, that gets more complicated if you have multiple levels and they're doing events separately from each other because if they each do one to two events but they're split, then you might be planning out like six or eight events in a month. That is obviously feasible only if you have multiple leaders and not everyone is going to everything. So we do some stuff split up and some stuff together, and right now our brainstorming list for next year sort of indicates that we might be doing some things that overlap certain grades, like daisies and brownies might do event A, and juniors and cadets might do event B, but all levels can do event C. And those are the only three things, then, that we're planning outside of meetings in a given month. But we're still so early on in our own planning that it's, it's hard to say at this point how it's actually going to work out. But 
The other thing to remember is that girls might be interested in any of the things. So even if it's not necessarily going to earn one of the levels a badge, they still might like being part of whatever the event or trip is that another level is doing to earn one of their badges. So it's really, for our troop anyway, asking yourself, like, is this appropriate and accessible to all the girls? And then also, who would be earning something from this, and how does this relate back to GSLE? So the things that are seasonally specific are first. This particular example, let's say, must happen in December. So let's go ahead and look at December on our calendar we built out in step number one. What else is going on in December? Do we have other dates already on the calendar? Like, do we know when our initial order deadlines are for cookies? Do we know when booth rounds start? If you're a new troop, then this is less relevant because you'll find out when you do your cookie training, and we can talk a little bit more about that in other episodes. But if you're a returning troop, then you have ideas already about what goes into a Girl Scout leader's December. And you can also see, like, oh, well, my co-leader will be on vacation these days in December, and my other co-leader has that big work event this particular weekend. And, of course, we have major holidays here and here. So if X event needs to be in December, then that really only leaves us with this specific weekend. So we'll go ahead and pencil it in. And if you have a physical calendar, then this is literally what you're doing, penciling stuff in. If you're working on a Google Calendar, which is my personal preference, then you're just going to color code it so that it's specific. You can color code by type of event, or by grade level, if you have a multi-level troop, or a mixture of both, or whatever. It's easy to view at a glance, and also it's easy to go back and find stuff if you need to move it around or add details later. So for me, color coding, I currently have a mixture so cookies are a specific color, but also each level has a specific color, which I use their actual level colors. Like daisies are blue, brownies are brown, and juniors are like a tealish green, and cadets are red, which those are the levels I'm going to have next year. And then I have an all troop color, which I actually don't remember which color I'm using next year off the top of my head, but you get the point. It might be yellow. Anyway, then troop meetings are a specific color, my personal schedule conflicts are a different color, school schedules are a different color, and so on. So go through your whole brainstorming list and fill in events, and by that I mean outside the troop meeting stuff that is dependent on time of year. And it might just kind of come together. Like, this specific activity needs to be September or April, but then your April fills up, like, annual meeting and your council bridging ceremony and, I don't know, a bunch of other things. Somehow April always feels really cool to me. But anyway, then you know that April's cool, so you're going to go put that other thing in September because it had to be April or September. And then this other activity needs to be, quote-unquote, fall, but you can see your magnet dates and a bunch of October-specific dates and November has Thanksgiving. So then you might be like, okay, here's our other September activity then, and so on. You might run into conflicts, like, okay, we have three things that would really need to be in September, but we don't have enough weekends, and honestly, we usually only do two events, for example. Then you're going to have to decide, like, what are my priorities? And you will discuss it, hopefully, <laughs> either with your girls, if you're currently seeing them, or and or at that 
meeting where you're doing this with co-leaders and parents and so on. Um, whatever group you have there, you'll discuss it. Hopefully you have people to discuss it with. But then you'll discuss it and work together. Um, if it's just you, then you're just going to have to make some decisions. Maybe you're going to pencil in two things on the same day, like this is either going to be swimming with dolphins or a beekeeper visit, and then you'll talk to both vendors and you'll talk to the girls and you'll just leave both things penciled in for now as possibilities and see how everything else falls. Okay, next I do the same thing with meetings. Which meeting topics or activities are seasonally specific? So like cookie-related badges or meetings are probably going to be right before cookie season or they're going to be at the very beginning of cookie season. Maybe your group does cookie badges all of cookie season, I don't know. But you pencil those topics in on the meeting dates that you already determined in step one. And you know when cookie season is because you already wrote that down in step one. Likewise, maybe you have a Juliet Lowe birthday party you're going to do at the end of October, so you'll go ahead and add that topic to your end of October meeting, and so on. And eventually, this is going to make certain things clear, too. Like, well, this is a really high-energy active meeting, and the girls have state testing this week, so we want to make sure we have a high-energy active meeting that week. Let's go ahead and pencil in that high-energy topic. Which, by the way, that's a good tip. Try to find out when they're standardized testing is in your school district or whatever other state testing or whatever other testing that your girls might have because, trust me, <laughs> you do not want to plan a sit-still school-like meeting after the girls have been sitting through hours and hours of standardized tests. They need to run and play and laugh and talk and be active and hands-on. I mean, actually, that's good advice all the time. The more active your meetings and activities are and the less, like, sitting at a table getting talked at or doing a bunch of research or writing, especially with younger girls. But definitely, most definitely, during standardized testing time, because the girls just get totally stir-crazy, and you'll be eating your hair in the corner if you try to put them through something to sit stilly during that week. They get burned out just like we do. So if they're burned out from testing, then you want to let them kind of get some of the wiggles out. Okay, so at this point, you probably still have a bunch of outstanding event ideas from your brainstorm and research lists, and you probably still have a bunch of meeting ideas or badges that the girls want to do on your lists as well. I would guess that at this point, you'll probably have like one-third or maybe half of your year actually penciled in. Maybe more if a lot of your ideas that you were excited about are date-specific, like Let's say you want to do a lot of seasonal things or festivals or parades or whatever, because those are firm dates. Some things are going to be super ambiguous, too. Like, please, my service unit will not have a date for bridging this early. I just know that in the past three years, it was always at the end of April, so I'm assuming it will be circa end of April. So I'll just pencil in a guesstimate and put asterisks or stars by it. Um, if I'm writing by hand, uh, especially, maybe question marks, so that I don't forget about it, because also, I really don't know when it will be. Um, okay, the next thing I do is go through remaining meetings. So I start with the first meeting of the year, and if I don't already have a topic or meeting idea on there, then I look at my list and think about, hmm, what do I want to start with? Maybe I'll start with, like, investiture and rededication. Although, personally, I usually like to do that, like, the second meeting of the year or even the third meeting of the year because we usually add girls 
and not necessarily everyone will make it to that first meeting. They might get added after that, and I don't want them to miss, like, investiture as a brand new Girl Scout. But, um, I just mean, just look at what you have scheduled and just kind of pick something. If you're doing this on your own, then you know you kind of have free reign, and if you're working with a team, or even a partner, then you guys can discuss it and agree on what's left on your sheet and just pick something. And then you move on to the next meeting. Does it already have a topic written? Okay, pick one. And just keep on moving through each meeting for the whole year. Some of the badges, maybe most of them, are going to take more than one meeting. So during your brainstorming time, you pick some activities and ideas that you could do associated with that badge. So ask yourself, does it seem like it needs more than one meeting? Do you want to do them two in a row? Or do you want to split them up? So you'll keep that in mind when you're going through and adding in topics. Maybe you fill in all your badge and activity ideas and you still have meetings left over that don't have topics. So what did you do at the previous meeting? What are you planning on doing at the next meeting? What other events do you have on the calendar already for that month? What holidays are nearby, if any? Does that give you any ideas or whatever about topics for that meeting? Make sure you look at your guest speakers or your other activity ideas from your brainstorming sheet, not just badges and patches. So maybe you really do need to backtrack a little to the brainstorming phase and you get creative here and think, like, this is a general idea we all like. Let's put this in and we'll do more like work and detailed planning later. And like I said, just keep doing that process till you have meeting topics for every single meeting on your schedule. Now at this point, you have meeting ideas scheduled for the whole year. Take a moment to pat yourself on the back now. If you drink alcohol, have a drink. Enjoy your success. Feel accomplished. Next, you're going to fill in the rest of your events. So I do it in this order because sometimes your event ideas tie into specific badges. So Maybe you need another event in October, so you look at your meeting topics that you scheduled, like the Cadet Digital Movie Maker badge work in October, and you have an idea to take a backstage tour of a movie theater also, which that kind of ties into each other. So you, if you have space for another event in October, great, add that in. Maybe you have a guest speaker EMT tentatively, tentatively, EMT tentatively <laughs> scheduled for one of your March meetings. So then maybe you decide you could also try to do your idea to tour a fire station or a police station also during that month. And then maybe you can tie in both events to, like, the safety award or just not even related to a badge or patch, but just they kind of go together so you can take the opportunity to build off each other. Or maybe you want to do something totally different because you're like, okay, that's kind of similar. Let's break it up and do something completely different and go to the butterfly garden that's two hours away. You also want to think about progression here. So if your goal is to do your very first troop camp out in the spring, then you know in the months leading up to that, you should be hiking, doing outdoor skill building badge work, doing late night progression, like have the girls done a late night pajama party? Have they done a one night indoors overnight? Have they done backyard camping or something similar? And so on. How far away are you hoping to go for that camp out in the spring? Have they progressed in their travel progression to go that far away? If it's an hour away, make sure you're working up to a half hour away, 45 minutes away, etc. If it's two hours away or three hours away, 
have they spent the night an hour away? Have they spent the night an hour and a half away? And so on. Don't just expect that they'll all make it through the whole weekend two or three hours away if they've never even had a sleepover away from home without their parents. So thinking about that is kind of going to help you too. And you can look at your little column on your brainstorming sheet where you indicated, like, how it relates back to GSLE. Are all your activities that month working toward the same outcome? If so, maybe switch it up and pick something from your brainstorming list that's working toward a totally different outcome just for balance. Or maybe you want that whole season to be really focused on, like, we're building healthy relationships or we're building sense of self and confidence or whatever for a few months. Parents can be a really big help with this too. So we had some parents tell us last year because we do parent meetings at the beginning and end of the year and we have ongoing communication with parents all year round. And we had multiple parents tell us that what they were really noticing in their girls was that they weren't coping with failure or obstacles well. Like, They were letting themselves get defeated and then not bouncing back and not wanting to keep trying. And that was just killing their self-esteem. So we knew that focusing on those things was not only going to be really helpful for the girls because they were particularly needing it, but also it would help with parent buy-in that they'd hopefully see growth on that or at least know that we were working on something that they felt like was really relevant to their girls. So does that make sense? I'm going to talk more about communication with parents and families in a later step of your planning, but I just wanted to give you all the different layers to think about while you're scheduling. Okay, so keep going till you have whatever number of events you want to do during the year penciled in. Maybe you do one big event in the fall and one big event in the spring, so this part could be really low-key and easy for you. Maybe you do one field trip or non-meeting activity a month. Maybe you do one every single week. Maybe you have 40, 50, or 60 girls in your troop, so you do multiple events in a week, just as many events as you can possibly pack into each month. Again, there's no wrong way to do it, just whatever works for your troop. If you aren't sure, I do recommend one to two events outside of the meeting place per month, and then however often you meet, like twice a month or every other week or every week or once a month or whatever. But we already talked about troop meeting schedules back in part one. So if you need to revisit that, go back and listen to that one, because at this point, you should already have your troop meeting schedule. And that's that. Now you have meeting topics and events scheduled for the whole year. Once again, take a moment to really celebrate your success here. Relish in the deliciousness of what it feels like to be this far ahead. You are truly exemplifying Girl Scouts, right? Be prepared. You are super prepared. Good job. Go you. You rock. Do a little dance. Have a drink if you do that. Celebrate and appreciate each other if you have a partner, co-leader, a couple of co-leaders, or a whole troop committee working on this. And then, (laughs) the last part of this is to go in and actually schedule things, not just pencil them in. So, if you think you picked a camping weekend and a specific campground, Reserve your spot. Find out check-in and check-out times. I don't know what that's actually called at campgrounds. Check-in and check-out sounds more like a hotel, but you know what I mean. I told you, my co-leader is the camping girl. I love camping, and I'm just, I'm not a pro. (laughs) So she did that part. But once again, speaking of this, 
you can delegate here. If it's something that you can register online, you could go ahead and do this right at the meeting or go ahead and delegate. Susie Q is going to reserve all the campsites for the year as we discussed and agreed. Ashley is going to call or email and confirm with all our guest speakers. John Doe already has a relationship with this vendor person, so he's going to set up our tour there, and he'll go ahead and take care of all the tours. By the way, does anyone listening have a male troop leader? And for that matter, is anyone listening a male troop leader? I have great involved, invested dads, but none of them are troop leaders in my troop. But I do know some great male troop leaders in my service unit. Shout out to you if you're listening right now. Because we talked about it at our last service team meeting, but at this point, that was like a while back. Okay, once again, this is a big celebration point. Because when you have confirmed and reserved and scheduled as much as you possibly can this far in advance, and set reminders to reserve or confirm the remaining things, I mean, sister friend, you are on a roll. Unfortunately, I personally feel this is most of the fun stuff of your planning. The rest, to me, is definitely less fun, but depending on your personality, you might like the rest, so keep it up. So next up, we're going to do some detailed planning, which, if I'm being honest, actually is also kind of fun, to me, anyway. So I'm going to talk about that in the next episode of this series in a few days, but basically, you can anticipate that we are going to talk about detailed meeting plans, supply lists, creating the framework for what will eventually be our budget. And after that, the next step is creating a detailed budget and setting it up in a way that you will be able to easily track your real expenses right alongside it, which is the part that makes your year-end financial a total breeze. And then finally, we're going to talk about communications with parents and how you get the word out to promote the best participation and RSVP rate as possible and to get parents super on board and excited. And, of course, the girls themselves. I've been thinking that maybe after this series is done, maybe the next series I might do as part of this podcast is actually, like, detailed meeting plans and activities and field trips themselves. Would anyone be interested in that? I've been, like, dropping ideas and suggestions kind of randomly to use as examples here and there. But I'm thinking about sharing, like, meeting plans I've actually done, the ones I'm working on for next year, once I get to that stage of planning myself, and then just, like, coming up with others across all the levels, because I'm apparently some kind of masochist, and, like, planning my own year is just not enough tedious work and effort. Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. It actually sounds really fun to me, but it's kind of weird that I actually want to do it. Um, But anyway, would anyone actually want to hear that? Does that sound good? Let me know. I want to do some more interviews in between, though, and maybe some more GSRI episodes. I have quite a few of both of those, like, kind of lined up, um, outlined or prepared, but haven't recorded yet. So we can revisit that other stuff before diving into, like, bad work and activity episodes. And I also do plan to keep going with lots more Girl Scout phraseology. I have a ton of those lined up, including stuff about journeys and STEM and financial literacy and outer programming and more and more and more and more and more. Okay, which episodes are your favorites? What do you like the most in this podcast? What are you most interested in hearing more of 
or what do you want to hear out of the topic ideas that I've teased or promised in the past. Um, the downloads for this podcast are shooting up so fast. I am just blown away. So thank you so much for listening and sharing and subscribing. And please take a moment to leave me an honest review or connect with me on Facebook or shoot me an email and just like let me know you're out there. Tell me what is or isn't helpful. Tell me what you want to hear or who you want to hear from. Um, and if you or your girls or anyone else you know through Girl Scouts wants to come on and do an interview with me, I really want to talk to you. So we can talk about your experience and your story, and I can send you a lot more details about like what to expect if you want to come on. Or if you want to talk about something specific, then let me know that too. If you've already been on the podcast before and done like the general bio style interview already, but you thought it was fun and you want to come back and do another check-in or talk about a specific topic or a specific meeting or event that was a great success for your troop or a huge flop, because all of that is so helpful for other leaders, I'd be happy to have you back on a thousand more times. You guys know who you are, the ones who are listening who already said you want to come back, so let's do it. If you aren't sure how to connect with me, just go to www.girlscoutpodcast.com. That's girlscoutpodcast.com. Super easy. There's an email button right there and Facebook links and everything. That's all for today's episode. We want to tell your story too. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, check us out at www.girlscoutpodcast.com. We want to hear from you. This podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA. It is completely run by volunteers and girls. Follow us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at www.girlscoutpodcast.com.